is Brandykins, and welcome to another episode of the Terrific Talk Podcast. This is episode 6. In this episode, I interview your boy Gerd Gaming about various aspects of horror. Above all, we talk about our love for John Carpenter and John Carpenter's Halloween series. This was a live interview recorded on twitch.tv slash brandykins, so sit back relax, and enjoy. Hello, this is Brandykins, and welcome to another episode of the Terrific Talk Podcast. This is episode 6. In this episode, I interview your boy Gerd Gaming about various aspects of horror. Above all, we talk about our love for John Carpenter and John Carpenter's Halloween series. This was a live interview recorded on twitch.tv slash brandykins, so sit back, relax, and enjoy. Alright, hello everybody and welcome to another exciting episode of the Terrific Talk Podcast. And we have another fabulous episode this evening because to my right I am going to be interviewing the lovely, fabulous Twitch content creator by the name of ya boy Gerg Gaming, who is a fellow horror enthusiast and John Carpenter geek like myself. So, hello, Gerg. How are you doing today? Hi, everybody. I am doing fantastical. Fantastical. That is fantastic. That is great to hear. And thank you so much today for coming on my podcast and talking about horror with me, taking time out of your uh, evening. I greatly appreciate it. You're welcome. I, I love it. I love horror. So we're good. Let's do this. It's like, it's like, <laughs> like yes, yes, this is great. <laughs> yes. So I always start off every podcast with the question, why? And I get more specific here. Why horror? Why this genre? Why the creepy? Why the weird? What is it about it that makes you love it so much? Uh, the thrills. Um, uh, basic in 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 basic terms um i i like going into a movie i i enjoy horror movies with storylines but i like going into a movie where i know that i'm i'm a little off edge um i the the more that it can basically make the hair stand up on my arm or the rest of my body and put me in that like chilling position the better that's why I love horror. It's just a, it's a displacement of, I'm a huge comedy buff, but it's a nice displacement of uh, where I usually am comfortable with like comedy. Cause you can have both. Like the thrill is amazing. Um, especially if they do it correct in movies, which is why we're here. Cause you know, Carpenter was a, was is an amazing person at not only giving a storyline, but also having a little bit of a, a sense of uneasiness whenever you're watching his movie. Oh, so. yes. And I consider him like one of the masters of that, just being able to keep you on edge and like not knowing what's coming around the corner or what's behind you. It's just like, it's such, it's such a thrill and a pleasure just watching his movies. But um, 
My first experience with horror wasn't really Carpenter, unfortunately. My first experience with horror happened to be like I accidentally caught some of a Hellraiser when I was six, oh. and I happened to be it happened to be at the part where um, the guy is getting pulled apart by the chains. So can you imagine oh, six years old? That was a pretty traumatic experience for me. So that was like my early yeah. Yes, Clive. It's a, good, it's a good place to start. Seriously, it, it honestly is. Clive Barker's amazing. Like, uh, Hellraiser is a good is a is a grand series. I I started out with Hitchcock, so I started out Psycho, uh, The Birds, uh, Rear Window, um, Vertigo, uh, stuff like that, which was a nice place to start. <laughs> Yeah, I would say that's a more kind of like, you know, easygoing place to start because Hitchcock is yeah. more about the suspense side of things. But yeah, I, I had to start with uh, getting scarred for life. And to this day, I, it, I can't like look, even look at a picture of Pinhead without being like, ah. There's nothing wrong with watching people get ripped apart by hooks. There's nothing wrong with that. What's wrong with that at all? But I was six. I mean, I... I, about probably around the time of being five or six, I uh, I got my first experience of a uh, child's play. Oh um, boy! I had a my buddy doll. I don't know if anybody remembers those at all. Like I'm probably showing my age. I'm 35, so um, there was a thing that came out called my buddy doll, and uh, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Chucky, um, and it used to creep me out to no end. Um, I had an older brother who also thought it was really funny to take that doll and move it around in my room while I was sleeping. How? So I, I threw that thing out of my room a million times, just a million times. It was crazy. Uh, so older brother. Yeah. Older brother. Uh, because yeah, I'm the oldest. So I got to mess with my uh, younger brothers and sisters like just a little bit. <laughs> it was, it was always good. I, uh, I did that. Um, and also, uh, I we had a Gremlins, uh, like there was a big plastic Gremlin that you could get of Stripe, oh. um, and he would move that around the room too. So I starting out was very terrified of horror, like because of that. So I didn't sleep much, by the way, as a kid. So, so I take it that dolls are things where you're like, mm -mm, no. Whenever I was a kid, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Kid uh, dolls were the starting point uh, of my of my terror. Um, but also, I don't know, like that stuff kind of puts you in the puts you in the mood to want to actually like, I don't know, like to make you want to adventure further into into horror. So I still I still have a little bit of a still have a little bit of a disconnect from certain dolls. The creepier the. Uh, Still, still a little disconnect. So, yeah. not too bad. Mannequins are the things where I'm just like, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. In a room full of mannequins, yeah. you never, ever feel the same. Ever. No. <laughs> ever. So, what other things about horror creep you out besides, like, the psychological <laughs> aspect? I know some people, like, have their little um, things, like, uh, blood, guts, and gore may be ones that people are like, eh, but I'm kind of case hard when it comes to those. But do you have any, like, other aspects of horror where it's just like, mm, 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 no, absolutely not. This creeps me out. <laughs> I, the, I'm, the thing that creeps me out the most is, uh, location. Um, especially if it's somewhere that is within the realm of your reality. So, like, if you, 
uh, in a house or like in a hospital or something like that, that's real. Like that's a, that's a place you can be and they can be as well. Um, that always, the, the thing I love about horror is it kind of puts you in a box. Like there's not everybody that can do that, by the way. Um, certain directors do. Uh, for example, we were talking about Hitchcock. Hitchcock can put you in a box. He would put you in, in rooms that were uneasy and would kind of throw you in a box. And that's, I think that's the other thing that scares me is, uh, especially movies that have a touch of, uh, of realism, I guess, um, that you could be in that situation or that location, um, which is interesting. So, I mean, that's another thing, like I, the, the going into the house and going upstairs thing and stalking the people that can happen, you know, that's, it's real. It, it's something that could happen. That's another thing that kind of creeps me out movie wise. I'm not a, I'm with you. I'm not a big, uh, gore fan. I'm not, I'm just not a big gore fan. I'm, I've never been. Yeah, it's just never been. As like gore for the sake of gore to me, it's just been like uh, that's why I never really liked. And I love zombies, and you know that zombies have like a big gore aspect to it. But one yeah. movie that was a little bit too much uh, was uh, Recipes George Romero. But I didn't care too much for Land of the Dead. That movie. That yeah, he, he he went with that whole like shock genre at that point in time. Yeah, and I remember so. uh, some critics said that his critique about class systems in that movie was absolutely brilliant, but the gore kind of took away from that. Yeah, and uh, the funny thing about Romero is he always had like a, he always had like, I don't want to say political, but earthly um, agenda to his stuff, mm -hmm. um, which was kind of cool. In that movie, he kind of, he kind of stepped aside from that and went, um, went more gore than he did like topic at that time. Uh, Night of the Living Dead, there's a lot going on in that movie. I love that like, movie. If you watch that movie uh, and you don't see the time in it and the symbolism, then you're not you're missing the point. Like, he was very upfront about it. Like, um, we have, I mean, that movie as well, there's, there's not a lot of gore nope. in that movie. There's a little bit of eating flesh. Um, there's no people getting ripped apart. Uh, you're still uneasy the whole movie. So we, I think as a, as a, as a culture, we kind of need to go back to that kind of horror. Um, and less like, you know, oh, Hey, this guy just had his guts ripped out. That's fantastic. Like, let's go with, oh man, that guy's getting, that girl's getting stalked and that's scary and creepy. So Absolutely. Absolutely. I remember reading an article once that talked about the differences between a conservative horror versus a liberal horror. Liberal horror has more just like the social commentary and then conservative is just like, don't drink or do drugs or show your boobs or you will die. It's just like, but, oh man, but it's kind of like horror can't to me, can't really be boxed in to just like two categories. There's so much going on there. I, whenever you put politics into into any genre, then you're kind of stepping past the boundary that you should. Um, you should horror movies are horror movies are supposed to be an escape um, from basic reality. Um, you still have a sense of being there and the reality of that, but it's supposed to be an escape. So whenever you bring real life uh, matters into that, like that, like. I, there was some that I mean, there's some that play off that well, but not completely like you can bring in like, you know, like not having money or like social things. You could do that. Like, but whenever the the whole idea of horror is to just 
forget about what's going on in your life for, you know, an hour and 45 minutes at a movie and be scared out of your wits. And that's how it, you know, that's how they should keep that. Like, I think that's a good, a good idea. The new Halloween movie is a, is a really good example of that, actually. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, so we'll get to talking about that. Yeah, we'll and, talk about that. Yeah, it's we'll a really talk good about movie. that just a little bit. Really good movie. And yeah, speaking of this is social commentary, I felt Romero did the best job at like striking that balance. Like, hey, here's the <laughs> point that I'm trying to get across, but I'm not like pushing it in your face all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, uh, Get Out was another movie that I thought did that really well. Yeah, that's not a bad movie. That's a uh, that's not a bad movie. I the oh man, uh, I'm trying to think of any others right off the top of my head, which is really bad because like right now I'm uh, I'm replaying horror movies in my head. I for the last year I have been or the last well a little bit past that for the last two years I have sat around and. Uh, on weekends and watch the worst 80s horror movies I can like uh, the worst ones oh, that's what I've been doing so the, with my time so the so bad they're good or the so bad they're just awful just movies that like I'm I overstepped somehow that were either born before me or you know later uh there's uh the two <laughs> two movies that I watched um because uh 80s aerobics were a big thing in the 80s like aerobics yep. were huge yep. in the 80s um, there's two movies that if you guys ever want to see that aren't, they're not terrible. They're not good. Don't get me wrong. They're not good, but they're not terrible. Um, one is called uh, Killer Workout, and the other one is called uh, a Death Spa is the other one. And those movies, uh, the one is about a person killing people at a workout center, and the other one is uh, a ghost killing people at a spa. Um, that's the kind of weird weird disconnect i like uh movie wise uh 80s horror they had some really good ones but at the same time they had some really bad ones and just the cheap the cheaper production and uh the i guess the gags and the funnier it is like that's what i love so for the last couple years i've just been watching terrible 80s horror Oh, geez. And yeah, the 80s also spawned some really good horror. Like, uh, I did. Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, I'm trying to think. Friday 13th? Yeah, Friday the 13th. Even that, though, tended to get into like the so bad it's good category. Like, it did. Friday the 13th, part eight. Like, God, <laughs> <laughs> we're chasing uh, in Manhattan for 20 minutes. <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street, part five. Uh, I still remember that movie and still thinking why like that movie was so bad. It was either five or six. I can't, maybe it's six. The, those two movies always run together. Maybe it's six. Uh, they, they started taking like Freddie in the, the first couple of movies was scary. Mm-hmm. Like the second movie is, is very, uh, very like skin crawly. Like uh, it has a very skin crawly feel to it, but, as it went on, they just were like, well, he's a funny guy. You know, we should play more on the humor. Like some movies you can do humor and you can do it well, but uh, nightmare. No, don't do humor on with uh, Freddy Krueger. Like he can have little quirks, but don't go like, don't go like full on comedy. No. I can't remember which one it was. It was oh. the one with Roseanne that showed up. Roseanne and Tom Arnold. They're in the town in Ohio. Uh, and I cannot remember that. Is it five, six? I they're It's all running together. Nightmare was a good series, though. Uh, Hellraiser. Hellraiser kind of went that way, too. 
and that's sad. Like Hellraiser one and two was fantastic. Three, whenever they started doing more of the, like he creates his own Cenobites, and they had the DJ guy that threw uh, CDs that killed people. I was a little like, oh man, this is not this is not gonna work. No, oh jeez, no, because those characters were already terrifying to begin with, and yeah, and there's nothing uh, comical about Pinhead. I'm sorry. No, there shouldn't be. No, there shouldn't be. He should be a freaky. Uh, he should be a scary entity instead of being like a a, a comedy gag. Exactly. Like, exactly. He should be scary. He should be scary. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to balance a horror and comedy. Like when it's done well, it's done really well. Like in um, Shaun of the Dead is one that oh, I yeah. think of. It's absolutely fa oh, yeah. fabulous. And um, campy horror like uh, Tales from the Crypt. That was like my second experience it was a good with movie. horror. Um, the that show was great. Uh, and then when it's bad, it's really bad. Like uh, Tusk. I don't know if you've seen. That oh movie. yeah, yeah, Tusk. Oh man, that. Mm -mm. I was I had high hopes for that movie too, by the way. Because it started uh, off like the first half is just like, oh shit, this guy's yeah. insane, and then it's just like, oh well, that, that ending, that yeah, that last half, I was just like, <sighs> what the poor, hell? <laughs> poor Kevin Smith, that ending. I there, uh, oh man, I was just thinking. Uh, another one is uh, Sleepaway Camp. That one, that oh. one has a that one's a weird movie. Have you ever seen that one? Sleepaway Camp sounds familiar, but I don't think I've had the pleasure. <laughs> that has the uh, that has the the shocking ending. Like if you guys haven't seen, I don't want to I don't want to spoil. Like that's the bad thing. I don't want to spoil horror horror for you guys. That's why I'm like if you haven't seen Sleepaway Camp, watch it. Um, the ending is supposed to be like this like jaw dropping like ah moment. It doesn't really get it. It doesn't <laughs> get it at all. Like I you can kind of guess the premise of that movie from the beginning. But they did like this huge, like ah moment, and it just doesn't punch. Like it doesn't, it doesn't grab, and it's hysterical. It's a good movie though. Like it's a good movie to add to your Halloween uh, watching list, by the way, guys, or just anytime. So just anytime, yeah. rock that movie. It's, it's good. It's a good movie. Yeah, Halloween is scary. Does have to be regulated to just October? Like myself, yeah. you can do it all year Go round. Nuts. I mean, I watch Rocky Horror Picture Show twenty four seven. That's not really a, a scary movie, I know, but like, like seriously, that movie is fantastic, and everybody puts it into the the Halloween only category. Like, you shouldn't no. watch horror movies all year round. Like, go crazy. Absolutely. So, so speaking of um, Halloween in October, what are your like musts? What are the movies that you have to watch? Make sure you have to watch that. Uh, well, Halloween one and two are are a must. Um. I have to watch the original uh, three too, because three, three I know was a disconnect and didn't have Michael Myers in it, but it still has one of the best killing scenes I've ever seen in my life. Um, if you haven't seen Season of the Witch, you need to watch it. Like the eye gouge pull out nose thing is fantastic, um, and it's creepy and it's it's just amazing. Um, I have to add Hellraiser. I have to watch Hellraiser in October. Um, Trying to think of the other, like I, I watch Nightmare on Elm Street, at least the first two, um, and a new nightmare, because Wes Craven did an amazing job of New Nightmare. Um, I try to watch uh Friday the 13th, at least up to part seven. You you were talking about part eight. Part nine is atrocious. Oh uh, like, yeah. Ah, no. Ugh, I can't I cannot do part nine. Like people eating Jason's heart and becoming Jason was just a little over the top, guys. Um Leprechaun, 
is another series that I try to watch at least the first two of. Um, Child's Play, of course. Got to ask for Chucky in there. Um, I try to think of some other like offbeat ones. Um, I try to do, I just watched uh, a three-part series by a French director who is the master of horror. He's like the George A. Romero um, of Fran- in, in France. Oh. And he has this Hell's Gate trio. Um, I, I found the first two, I mean, uh, I found the second and third one on Shudder. And I found the first one on Amazon. By the way, guys, <laughs> if you're a horror fan, the two things you should have are Shudder and you should have Amazon Prime. Um, the reason is Shudder has a lot of good horror. Um, they have a lot of scary horror. So if you're into scary horror, Shudder's your place to go. If you want to see outrageously ridiculous horror movies, Amazon has some of the best 80s, like 90s crappy movies I've ever seen in my life. So if you're into that, like, I want to branch out and just see the weirdest movies that I can that are horror, Amazon and Shudder. You, you should have those two. Like, they're fantastic with yeah. horror. Yes, um, Shudder especially. And I try to do a little bit of, uh, like, Puppet Master. Puppet Master has to be in there too. So Puppet Master is a is a must. So because I one through six is not too bad. <laughs> After that, you just get way too campy and uh humorous in those yeah. movies. So uh there's a new one out. I watched it by the way. Um yeah. <laughs> um Charles Band, uh that man, like he has I don't know what he's doing with horror these days, but he knows he has a certain uh, criteria of people that watch his movies and his movies have legitly become like uh, they went out of the horror realm and went more into like the soft core. Realm. So some of his movies, what is that? Oh. Full moon, full moon features. I think they bought like all the rights to Killjoy. They bought all the rights to, uh, to puppet master. They bought a bunch of like old, like, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s rights oh, wow. to movies. They've just renamed them and like put them out again, <laughs> um, which is which is a good way to get past that, you know. Yeah. So uh, they're like the they're like the opposite of what Riff Tracks and MST3K would be. All right. They're just like <laughs> they went the opposite direction. Woo! Like let's not do humor, let's do softcore. Um, but there's uh, if you uh. There's some good movies in that too, like Killjoy. I don't know. Have you ever seen Killjoy? Uh, once, but so long ago where it's just like I've forgotten all about it. <laughs> it's a good. The first one's good. It's actually a horror-based movie about a clown. Um, after that, you kind of get humorous. Um, two's not bad. You get past that, it's a little bit iffy. So, <laughs> as well, just trying to give you guys a heads up. I don't want you to go into movies and be like, "This guy said." That yeah, this like, is a fantastic movie. Yeah, God, like, what was he thinking? I'll never listen to him again. I don't have a PhD in this stuff, guys. I just watch horror movies. Like, just remember that. Yeah. I know, so, I know another director that we would talk a lot about camp and comedy and horror. Another director that does it really well is Sam Raimi. So we're talking. Oh about yeah. Evil Dead, oh Raimi. Yeah, Evil <sighs> Dead, uh, Evil Dead Two, Army of Darkness, um, and uh, Drag Me to Hell. <laughs> Drag Me to Hell is good. Uh, he actually, um, oh man, do I hold on? I'll do an interweb search because I cannot remember the name of that movie. Um, there is actually a movie that a, a gentleman before Raimi became a big like director, um, he actually uh, made um, he had a director friend 
who like to do the style of Raimi. Um, and Raimi and his brother are actually in it, and Campbell is in it. Oh. Um, it's it's it takes place in a in a like a shopping center. And give me one second. Let me see if I can get the name of that. I I this is one of the movies that I always mess up the title of, no matter what I do. Um, I cannot remember the name of this movie for some reason, but it's it takes place in an actual like shopping, uh, like a food place, like a, a, a I guess you would say it's like a supermarket is basically what it is. I know what you're talking about, but I don't think I, I cannot that movie. If you have, if you guys are a fan of Raimi, if you guys are a fan of Raimi, and you have not seen that movie, you need to see that movie. Like he, he is amazing in it. Um, it is called, I'm looking it up right now. This is terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> I forgot he was in, oh man. Uh, let me, let me, I'm, I'm, I'm losing my mind. Hold on one second. I have tried to find, it's on, it's on Amazon. I think that's the first place I watched it. Um, uh, it is a really good little um horror movie uh it's it has a nice little ending and the it's weird i can under i understand watching that movie like that guy got a lot of his inspiration from <laughs> from just uh Raimi. like there was a lot going on in that movie it is very scary and i'm trying oh it's, i think it's called intruder is that what it's called yeah intruder that's what it's called if you guys have not seen Intruder, it was made in 1989, so it actually came out after that. But it's the guy that directs it is actually a big uh, Raimi like student fan, um, and that movie is basically a Raimi movie. Like it, it's very much a Raimi movie. The kills in it are fantastic. Um, it check Intruder Silver. Like seriously, <laughs> check check Intruder. Like I I recommend it. So Intruder. Right. Intruder. Yes, Intruder. If you have not seen it, if you're a Raimi fan, um, if you like like kind of the the comedy, but the horror and the you know the little bit of the the murders, the blood, the Raimi style, that is a Raimi style movie. Absolutely. Man, this is like with as big a fan as I am, I still feel like there's just still so much out there to explore. When it comes oh, I mean, to there is. It, it, I I couldn't tell you about modern horror. Like I'm. I'm such a disconnect of modern horror. Like, I don't, I can't, there's a lot of stuff that I can't stand modern genre now. Yes, um, one of the weaknesses I feel about um, modern horror today is that they rely too much on the jump scare to, like, do the yeah. scary and, like, for you. Like, and then it's just, there's more to horror than just, like, trying to make me jump in my seat, like, 20 times. Good example? The new Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Mm -hmm. um, the guy that played Freddy um, is actually a talented actor. <laughs> he did a good job. He's an excellent actor. Um, the storylines ter the the story was terrible. Even if even though they grabbed like the story from three other nightmares, like it's one, two, and three basically thrown together. Um, the actors were not good. Um, but the the disconnect with that movie is that's all they tried to do is they tried to just do jump scares. Like, Freddy doesn't have to be a constant jump scare. He's a nightmare entity. He doesn't have to, you know, he's he's scary enough. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have the jump scare. So, 
and it was during so, the it was during the time period where all they wanted to do was try and make um, horror villains sympathetic in some form. Yeah, and just like the way yeah. they tried to do that with Freddy's, just like you don't need to do that. We know that he's a sick fuck, like for what he, <laughs> like yeah. for what he did. It's like you don't need to try and spit it to where like I feel sorry for him. I don't. <laughs> Nightmare, guys, the original Nightmare on Elm Street series, you you know, and I this is not something astonishing, so don't be like, oh, you know Freddy is a pedophile. They don't have to come out and say that Freddy is a pedophile. That's the point of that. You know what he was doing. You, you know what that man was doing. In the movie, they're like, oh, yeah, he is. Totally is. Totally is. So, like, you don't have to come out and tell us we're not stupid. Like, you can leave a little bit of that out of the story and we can just be like, oh yeah. Like you don't have to be like, no, no, no. Just show it to him. Give him everything. Like guys, we're not stupid. Like quit dumbing us down with horror. Exactly. Like we got it. We got this. We totally get this. Someone, okay, Awful Waffle said in chat about it, said that um, Jay Bauman from Red Letter Media said on commentary track that he was a stand-in for that particular movie and said the vibe of the Nightmare on Elm Street remake was that they didn't care and they were trying to catch yeah. him on Freddy. I mean, that's that's the cash grab. Like, that's the thing. Like, they, they'll do that constantly. Whenever, something, whenever something's coming out and they think it's going to be popular, they'll try to cash out on anything that they can. That's why, like, the remake of Halloween, I'm excited about it. But now all these other, like, horror movies are talking about coming out and making new ones. If you're going to do them, do them well or don't do them. Like, just don't. Like, we don't want we don't want a half-assed movie. No. Like, as horror fans. So don't do that. If you're going to make the movie, you're going to make it good, make it. But if you're not going to, if you're not, if your heart's not going to be in it, if the writer's not writing from his heart if it's not going to be a good remake then just don't do it like just give up yeah like with all, give up like with all these like i remember seeing a video by uh chris stuckman called the problem with horror movies today and one of the things that he pointed out was that um people have made it like abundantly clear that since the 80s horror movies can be made for cheap and rake in absurd profits so it's just yeah. like all studios see are the dollar signs like with those god-awful An annabelle that's, yeah, yeah Annabelle. Uh, 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 found footage. Found footage. Uh, changed horror mm -hmm. into a terrible direction. Oh my because God. found footage is cheap. It's quick. Um, and you don't really have to have storyline. Like, nope. you could kind of jump around. And that's the thing. Found footage movies. Um, they, ah, man, like found footage movies. I, I still remember... Um, I still remember the Blair Witch Project whenever they were doing oh, all the uh, oh the gosh. promos for that movie. They're like, it's a true story. Yeah. It's absolutely true. It happened in the woods. Oh, by the way, it's absolutely true. <laughs> the marketing, you know that this is true. The marketing for that, though, was clever. I will it was, man. That. It was fantastic. Like, and, But, like, I, the whole time, like, they, I'm watching it, I'm like, this isn't true. Like, this isn't true. And they're like, this is true. This is absolutely true. So basically, you're showing us a snuff film. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, yeah, pretty much. I like it. Fantastic. So, oh man, Blair Witch Project. I could think of some, good marketing. I think of, yeah, I could think of some other. Uh, Cloverfield was one another found footage one I didn't care. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. 
Oh man. Ay, ay, ay. That movie could have been so much better than what it was. Yeah. Now, 10 Cloverfield Lane, I liked because. That's I a liked good movie. Yes. That's more of a suspense, suspenseful like movie. They went, they, they kind of left the monster away. Uh, they kind of left the monster out of it and did more of a suspense thing, which is nice. Well, the monster, so. uh, without spoiling it too much, the monster was like more like within. Yeah. And, like, you know, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And that's, that's good. It's nice. Like that was a, that was a nice, uh, a nice, instead of running around, like uh, that, the first Cloverfield, just like, you have a giant monster destroying a city. That's cool. And then they're like, oh, but it has these little crab things. Oh, that's cool. Oh, by the way, they, you know, they, you burst. Like, it's fantastic. Like, they, they just tried to, like, do too much. Like, go from original, like, Godzilla movies. Like, you didn't have to do that. Godzilla was enough. Exactly. You know, he's, he's, he's a giant creature that destroys things. Like, you don't need much more than that, ladies and gentlemen. No. You need much more. Like, oh, by the way, we're doing this. And then just by the time you, like, get to the end, it's just, like, so tiring. Just, like. like ten different storylines. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, oh, by the way, the creature can. It tap dances. Like, it's fantastic. <laughs> it tap dances at the same time as it's destroying things. And you guys, that makes it a movie. It's it's crazy. Ah, uh, jeez. Yeah, some of the best horror movies are just creepy movies. are just simple storylines. Just, like. You got a guy or some kind of entity that's doing crap and they're terrifying the crap out of people. I don't need like 20 different like alternate subplots branching from that that are never going to be resolved in any way. <laughs> I don't need like the the other thing is like, oh, man, I don't necessarily in horror movies need a human character. Like that's not something that you need like nope. to go through and have like characters who are supposed to be like otherworldly evil uh, anything like that i don't i don't they don't need to be human like or have human aspects like they don't like they they just don't like that's not something you have to do i know you're writing it from that but like you don't have to <laughs> no uh, since uh, okay i want to go back to the point you said that you liked you were your first experiences with horror was with hitchcock and that you mm -hmm. Uh, appreciate his work. Uh, you know, oh. M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, Shyamalan. I, I always said Shyamalan. Oh, trust me. Oh, that last name. Yeah, he's taken influence from Hitchcock, and you can definitely tell that with his movies. Oh, yeah. So, what do you think of him as like a suspense um, or kind of director? I think his twists are too much. I think he needs to. I think he needs. I I think in the beginning he did that too much. I think that was his his uh, his selling point. Mm -hmm. But I think that was also his his downfall. Um, in the beginning he's doing better. Like the, like the, the glass. Oh, I'm looking that, forward to that, that. That I mean that he's doing good. Like it, he's he changed. He went in a different direction, which is nice. But uh, Shyamalan his Shyamalan Shyamalan or Shyamalan whichever one you go his uh. His biggest downfall is that no matter what happened, uh, Sixth Sense, okay? That was a good movie. I actually like the twist in that. It's not, you. if you paid attention to the movie and watched it, you actually understood that was happening at the end, by the end of it. Like, that's nice. But like, some of his twists are just so, they're so awkward and fast. So off the wall. Like, if you can give people subliminal messages in the movie to get that before they get it, that's that's fantastic. But to have to, like, I don't know, try to twist it and, like, you know, change it 
to make people get that. That's the that's the problem with him sometimes. Like the simpler he does things, which this new trilogy, it's kind of simple. Yeah. I like it. Like, and that's where he connects. Like, uh, I, what uh, my my hysterically go back to childhood. My band director used to, whenever we played uh, any song or we did anything, he would always say he would always say, "Remember, kiss, keep it simple, stupid." Ah, like that's how horror movies should be. Like, you don't have to. You don't have to like you don't have to go in this roundabout way to do things like you can just keep it simple. Like I mean don't make it don't make it stupid. Like we we understand horror. Like um that's why like everybody was talking about like um uh like newer movies they kind of they kind of try to give you like if if it's a remake or a reboot if they want to reboot from the old they try to give you a piece of that first and try to get you to understand but at the same time I understand that's for new generations, but you're disconnecting your older audiences because we know. Yes. We know that. Um, new generation, man, go watch it. Like, get a feel for it. Come and watch this new one. Don't don't spend time trying to recap. Right. Just go. Ex go with it. Exactly. Kind of like not horror related, but like what they did when they Marvel reintroduced Spider-Man. They're just like, they didn't go over his entire origin story. They were just like, we know his origin story because I like how they started. Oh, it's a long story. And then Tony just interrupts. It's like, I, I'm not interested. I don't want to hear it. They pretty much Whenever we, like, yes, thank uh, you. <laughs> we've had it twice. Like, we don't need it a third. Thank you so much. Yeah, we've Hello, had it. Marvel. We've had it twice. And badly, I might add. <laughs> Yeah, like I I appreciate it. I really do from the bottom of my heart, Marvel. Like yes. you should get you should get a pat on the on the back. Like I love your faces so much for that. Honestly, like oh don't, ay ay ay. Yeah, so I do agree with you as far as any kind of remakes go. If you're going to do it, do it better than the original, and that's where um, some horror remakes tend to fall short. Like uh. Jeez, okay, and we're gonna be swinging here into Carpenter here. That's kind of like starting here. Um, the Thing, uh, remake reboot or how whatever the hell they called it, like in 2011. Yeah. At first, it's like this is a remake of the Thing, and it's just like the outcry that came from it. Then they changed their mind and backstabbed. Like, no, 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 this is a prequel. It's just like, well, you're basically rehashing what happened in the Thing, except you said it at the Norwegian camp. Number one, uh, you can't you can't do a movie that's a carp. You can't, hi hi hi. You can't remake a Carpenter movie without having Carpenter sound. Like I'm sorry, like that's the thing. And trying to do a prequel, that's fine. But whenever you're copying the the whole idea of the first movie, that's not a prequel. That's called the same movie, um, <laughs> which is what studios don't get. If the writer has written you a script and you're watching the other movie and reading the script and going, huh. That sounds almost like the script I'm reading. That's not a good thing. Don't 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 do that. Don't make that movie. It's not gonna work. Don't do that. It's bad. No, it's like it's like when they um remade the Hitcher, the one that was already in the eighties, which is like genius with Rutger Hauer Hauer and C. Thomas Howe. And then the remake is just like you're basically showing me the same movie. You just kinda flip the roles of the guy and the girl in that movie, and it's just no. <laughs> the other thing studios need to understand is you don't have to remake everything. No. 
No, like you, you don't, don't stop. You don't. Yeah, you don't have to reboot everything either. Like there's some movies like I, I don't know. Like there's some movies that I've seen that I'm like, yeah, this is a good movie, but that doesn't mean that it needs to be rebooted or it needs like a sequel or anything like that. Like where well, I'm, I'm good. Like there's some movies that I can go out and be like, no, 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 that doesn't need to happen. Uh, it's the fog. Like you don't really need to do a sequel to that. Like it's done. Like I, I they, they Carpenter always leaves a little, you know, slashy ending at the end. That's fine. But the funny thing about Carpenter is he always wants his endings to be the ending. Even if he leaves it open for a sequel, he doesn't necessarily want you to go and make a sequel. He just wants it done. Right. So it's up for you to make the sequel in your head, not for it to be made is basically what he does. Right. And Silver says some innovation in horror would be nice, mind you. It would be. It would be. Like, that's the thing that changed. Halloween changed things. Nightmare on Elm Street changed things. Mm -hmm. Friday the 13th changed things. It was kind of new. It wasn't a rehash. It wasn't a reboot. It wasn't a remake. It was something new. Right. Like, the slasher genre was going absolutely insane. And it was something new. And that's why... That's why... That's why starting new things is a good idea. Don't do... If you actually do it for the love of horror. Like, just don't do it to make money. Like, you're not going to get anything. But innovation in horror would be really nice... Like that would be absolutely fantastic. So, ah, yeah, yeah. If we'll ever see it, I don't know. Who yeah, knows? Some of the who knows? Yeah, some of the trends I think in horror or the cliches I think that need to kind of go bye bye. One of them being um, exorcisms, haunted houses, yeah. um, jump scares. If you're not going to use them correctly, Sorry. don't use them at all. House phone's ringing. I apologize, guys. All right. There's a lot of activity going on in my house. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, There's just I don't that's another thing like uh zombies like i don't zombies you can overdo zombies guys like you can do too much zombie like you can do too much zombies you can do uh too much of the haunted house stuff you can do too much like she said exorcism like you can overdo that like you need to you need to stop redo things like make fresh ideas like don't like I don't know. Don't like cash grab. Right. Um, man, I, Paranormal Activity would have been a good movie if there wasn't 12 of them. Right. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. okay, you have to make like 1,500,000 yeah. of these movies. We don't, you don't need them. No. You don't need them. You don't need 15 Paranormal Activities. Like, the one would be fantastic. Like, and you don't have to connect them either. That's another thing that drives me nuts about horror. Mm-hmm. Like, Paranormal Activity, had they felt they had to constantly connect them. You connect them guys it could be different stories like there's nothing that says you have to connect them give a little tiny homage but like you guys went like straight out connection yeah or you could have just made the one movie and have that be the end and just be done yeah like i mean that's the thing like i i don't know if you guys i don't know if uh i don't know if uh companies that make horror movies know this but the point where michael falls off the balcony in halloween one and Loomis looks down at him and he's gone. Mm-hmm. That wasn't necessarily meant to make a second one. No. That was just there because Carpenter was like, okay, now you get to decide, is this real? Number one. And number two, in your mind, what do you think happened after this? Yes. Ooh. He didn't necessarily, and he was mad that he had to make a second one. Yeah. He was very upset by that. Ah, uh, he 
Yes. So, let's kind of veer now into John Carpenter. We've kind of been skirting around him. So now let's veer straight into him. So, what is it about John Carpenter that makes you be like, oh my gosh, this man is brilliant. He's a genius. I love him. And talk a little bit about your first experience with John Carpenter. Like, what's the first John Carpenter movie you saw? Uh Plain and simply, Carpenter, the thing that I love about him, there's two things. Number one, music. Uh, his music is an atmosphere. His music is actually a part of the movie. It's not something that's put in there to give you uh, something to uh, to listen to or something to disconnect you. It's legitly a part of the movie. Like, the people breathing in that movie, the music is breathing with them. That's that's the thing about his music. Um, his music is top-notch. Um, it is scary at the same time. It's fun. Um, he, uh, the other thing I like about him is he is one of those directors that puts you in a box. Like the thing is, you know, it's snowing. They're in a camp. There's not a lot of setting. Like you don't need that. No. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't need that. Uh, big trouble in little China is another example. It's not a horror movie. John Carpenter, damn good movie. It's set in a, in a little part of Chinatown. You barely get any of Chinatown. You just get these couple little locations. And it's set there. So he's he's boxing you in um, with those movies, which is what I love, because that's how horror should be. You don't need like you don't need the whole planet whenever you can have one house or two houses. You know, you don't need all that stuff. And that's what he tries to get through um, the fog. It's basically a town. That's it. That's the only town. Um, even with like Christine, you know, yeah. it's that it's that little town. Like you see a little bit of it. You have the garage, you have the friend's house, the, the street, um, a little bit of the, like the neighborhooding areas, but not really a whole bunch. And it's because that's not important in the movie. Like he had a setup perfect where he believed that you could enclose people into situations where it's tight knit and you have music that keeps you either happy or on, on the edge whenever it's needed. And that's why I like him. Now, my first experience with Carpenter, uh, hysterically, is Big Trouble in Little China. Um, I'm I'm a big comedy like uh, I was a before I was a horror fan. I was more of a and I still am. I was, I'm a comedy action guy. Um, and that movie had perfect humor. Um, the music was fantastic. Uh, it it I mean you can't go wrong with Lopan. Like it's 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 a perfect movie. Um, to this day, I still, um, my, my father, who is a big fan as well, as well, um, I'll still look at him and go, well, you know what Jack Burton says at a time like this? And he's like, Jack Burton, uh, he says who? And I'm like, Jack Burton, me. Well, old Jack Burton says, what the hell? Like, come on, man. Can you have any better of lines or a character? Uh... That guy is, that guy is the hero. He's ridiculous. Like, I love him. That's why, that's why, uh, that's Carpenter. I started off with that. I, I saw the thing. I saw Halloween. Halloween was weird. I actually started, <laughs> I started watching Halloween at part six. That's kind of backwards. Yeah, which is weird. Um, I actually went into a video store, saw the cover for six, like the mask on the front of it was like, yeah. And that's where I started. And then I went backwards, which is weird. So, but I started at six, um, and uh, if you, 
the other really funny thing about it is, as I continue on, have you ever looked at the box art for four and five? I have. Of Halloween? Yes, I You know have. it's the original Carpenter mask? Yes. I mean, it's the original. Why? Why? Were you so afraid? Like, they were so afraid that their masks were terrible. They, they were. Like, <laughs> it's the original Myers mask. Uh, it's, the, it's the death mask of uh, Captain Kirk. Uh, but it cracks me up because... Uh, even like in the fourth one, if you watch in the school, whenever Loomis throws him through the window at the school, that mask was messed up. The the tinting and the coloring went bad. So the mask is a little bit flesh toned and the hair is, is blonde as could be. So like they were just so ashamed. Uh, they were so ashamed. But uh, Carpenter. Carpenter's fantastic. Uh, there's no. There is no other movies. I, you watched the first, the new Halloween. Yes, I have. Whenever you're okay, whenever the whenever the daughter, uh, the granddaughter, whenever she goes back, sees the friend. I'm not gonna, you know, say what happens to him. And that music that you had starting in the beginning, kicks in. Ah. Uh, oh, I'm going to like link that, to that because it's fabulous. What? what the first thing that happened to me is all the hair on my body stood up. I was like, wow. And the fact that it's a violin bow on a guitar. Yeah. Wow. Like, like that's why I like Carpenter. He could scare the shit out of me with music. Oh. I listened to that soundtrack, the 40 minute soundtrack. And I was scared to watch. I was scared. I was already in the movie. Like it already had me there. I was already like, oh my God. Like, oh my God. Yeah, watch, watch, watch that or listen to that. Like, it's freaky. It is. It's freaky good. Whenever I first saw that, I was like, oh man. Whenever she played it, I was watching the stream and listening to her startup and my hair on my arm stood up. And I was like, I I love this already. Like, I love this. Because music is a good connector. Like, you can hear, like, Carpenter's scores if you like, oh, God, I remember that moment, the specific moment of that movie. God, that was, like, freaky as oh, yeah. hell. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, there's, like, dunt. Dunt. Like, dunt. Dunt. There's nothing, there's nothing like that. And it's so, it's so eerie, but it's so simple. It is. It's just simple. That's the other thing I like about Carpenter. It, it, it's simple, but man, his music is just freaky. Like I love it. Ooh. I love it. There, yep, done. Yeah, just even, done. Yeah. Silver. Yep. Yep. This is all. Oof. And it's also iconic because when you hear that, you know that up. Oh, that's that's Michael Myers. That's oh yeah. That's who it's related to. You're already uneased. Yeah. Like you're already a little bit off your kilter. Like you're like, oh man, like that's Michael. I know it. That's fantastic. And that's. Yeah, like that is that's that's the two reasons that I love Carpenter so much. So I Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's like Car- Carpenter, my first experience with him was the original nineteen seventy eight Halloween. And I was just kind of at this point where I had my own ideas about what horror was supposed to be, and so I watched it and I was like, This isn't scary at all. And I just I wanna like shake my 16 year old self like what were you thinking because i rewatched it well, of course when i got older I'd be like you know this is good this is just this is a story the creepiest part isn't just like how much blood and guts 
was in this movie. The creepiest part is just like the not knowing, the always being on edge, the like having to look, look over your shoulder. That's what the creepiest part about that was. The the weird part of that movie is which never gets enough love is the breathing, because mm. he's there. Like if you have if you have a good sound system and you turn that up, or if you listen to it with headphones, like which I recommend, you can hear him breathing whenever the parts are going to happen that he's in there. And that's scary because you know that's the end of this person. Like, pretty much. Unless he's stalking, but then you still know that no matter what, he's around. Like, that breathing that that he does is iconic in itself just because of the fact that he's around. You know it. Carpenter was not afraid to let you know that Michael was there. Now, the buildup to killing people was also a Carpenter thing, too. Because he would always, he always played with the deaths. And that, I mean, that's, I, that's him. Like he's, he's iconic because of that. But a lot of, there's, there's filmmakers these days that still do a little bit of that trickery, but not to that extent. Like the guy that did the new movie, he did a great, he did, he did a great job directing it. He really did. Like he, he gets you uneased a lot. Like he, he gets you on the edge and you're, you're kind of, uh, like you're kind of a little bit off off center and a little bit off balance and that's how you should do that's how you should do a movie like that's horror like that's what it should do to you so absolutely he did a really good job absolutely really good job. that that movie was just like and it's funny how danny mcbride was even like involved in it with the writing of the script and you wouldn't like expect it she's like <laughs> danny mcbride like i'm used to him like being like involved in comedy but i remember interviews with him saying that he'd always been a fan of the original mm -hmm. Halloween and he wanted to make sure that with this sequel that it was a true sequel and that it captured the spirit of the original 1978 Halloween. Yeah, Danny McBride, he he's he's in a lot of comedy movies. But he he legitimately uh he was uh he wrote a little bit of uh Alien. Uh the last Alien movie which was bad, uh, don't get me wrong. I didn't know that. Uh yeah, I mean that was bad in a whole different reason. Like they're just trying to, they, they'll never, the way the direction that they go with that Prometheus two should have happened. Like everybody was just like, we want more alien. Like you're going to get that if you caught, if you're calm, but like the studio stepped in and said, you know, I don't know what you're doing with this, but you need to put it back. Yeah. And that's why that movie failed. Um, Prometheus was a bloody good movie. It was going to take it in a completely different direction. I was excited. Um, but then they, the comp, the studio just came in and said, well, they're not going to understand this. You need to stop and you need to go back to what they know. See, that's another, it's another thing. Studio wanted money and was trying and thinks we're dumb. Mm -hmm. So they just changed it back to how it was. And Prometheus too, probably would have been just a huge cash grab for them, but they couldn't do it. Yeah, Silver, Jason the same way. Jason had breathing. You could tell whenever he was around. So you could absolutely tell when Jason was around. So that's the unease. I like it. Yeah. Makes, you, makes you uneasy. Yeah. Like, hearing breathing is freaky. Ah, oh, jeez, yes. And one of my, uh, the creepiest parts of the original Halloween was when he finally, like, gets that guy and has him, like, pinned up on the wall. And then he's just Bob. Kind of like, yeah. And he's just like, kind of staring at him almost like as he's, he's admiring his work just like the cocking of the head she's like oh my god that's freaky 
he he does it almost as like as he if he's a child mm -hmm. and he doesn't quite understand what's happening but he's very like happy with what he's done which is is crazy and scary at the same time because that's exactly how that's handled like that head turn that head tilting looking at it like so uh, it's crazy like yeah. he has that like child like affection for what he just did which is probably the most terrifying thing ever but he's like yeah like, i like it yeah i can get down with this you know what another thing that you'll like you'll love this okay this could be this could legitimately be uh another pot another like podcast kind of thing if you ever want to do it by me by use this if you want to like the other thing that we never talk about in horror movies, which you're going to love is there's a lot of care into the planning that killers do to set things up. We never pay enough attention to that. Ladies and gentlemen, like we need to go back and pay attention to that. Jason could put people in a closet in anticipation that somebody would come into that closet later and they would find those bodies. So like, you're not giving them the credit that you should <laughs> for their yeah. skills and setting up scenes like michael puts like everybody in one room in closets and cabinets they fall down they swing down like that's that's fantastic same way with jason nobody ever gives those guys the credit that they deserve they're fantastic at setting up like these little scenes where you're going to be like ah like you're gonna scream they're it's amazing like they're interior decorators but in a in a terrible terrible <laughs> sense and form we never talk about that like Think about that. Like, go through, go through, like, Friday the 13th in your head right now in Halloween series. Think about all the timing and care that is put into setting up those moments. Man, yeah. Like, the original one of Halloween, it was almost like he was setting up a haunted house in a way. And Jason, yeah. Jason's kills were always so creative. They were. And he his kills, too, he puts them in, in one area. Mm -hmm. where he knows that the person's going to go and he could be like, ha see, I did this for you. Like it's nobody ever talks about that a lot. Like, but honestly, the setup for those is fantastic. Like Michael and Jason were the two best. Uh, I think Chucky did it a little bit too. Like he would set up the body so you could uh -huh. find him in a, in a weird way. Um, I, the, the part that comes to my head is uh bride of Chucky. Whenever he puts the father in the, in the in the van like in the whatever underneath the seat part of the van or whatever they're in so like that's careful like precision like you have to set that stuff up you have to have a little bit of a brain and think ahead so just never give them credit for that oh yeah ever the, those killers like in those horror movies they are not dumb they're not the best interior decorators but come on leatherface look at him man his whole house so house is body parts. Mm. That dude, that dude is setting up amazing interior decorating out of body parts for you guys, and nobody appreciates it. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah, speaking of that Leatherface and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I did appreciate. I don't know if you want to call it a remake or reboot. So the one that came out in two thousand three. Now I did like that one. That no. wasn't a bad movie. Yeah. It really wasn't a bad movie. It had a it had a good it had a good storyline. Which I mean, you know, it's Leatherface. You don't really have to have a storyline. No. Like, but they actually did kind of have a storyline in that, which is really nice. Um, and you know, like, it's not a, it's not, it's not a shocker that they're crazy. Yeah. But it, it's nice that it, the storyline is they're crazy. 
Yeah. Like that's fantastic. They fell upon hard times and this is what they had to do to have food and stuff. Yeah. That makes uh, sense. Fantastic. Yes. Oh my gosh. And then you got the whole crazy hillbilly thing that they're playing <laughs> off of. It's just like, don't trust them. They're hillbillies. <laughs> By the way, guys, I'm from West Virginia. Uh, the road in wrong turn. There's some weird people down there, but there's no genetically altered, like super rednecks that can climb trees and stuff like that. At least not that I've ever seen. Yeah, there you you go, guys. Yeah, never seen it. I've been down that road. It is actually a road. It's based on a real road, Um, but there's nothing going on down there that I know of. Uh, But Canada looked beautiful in the shots, by the way. (laughs) So just kill that. I I like saying that because I've actually been down that road. And I know that it's, yeah, it's not, you know, it's nothing. Like, there's, oh, my God, there's some weird, like, there's some weird, um, there's some weird people down those roads, don't get me wrong. But, like, ah, it's not like that. They're not genetic, genetic rednecks. Oh, okay. Well, that is definitely good to know. <laughs> yeah. So, no fear. Have no fear. <laughs> Just don't go up on their porches. They might shotgun shoot you. So, <laughs> Yeah, that would probably be the only thing to be afraid of. They'll think you're the tax man. Uh, get off my lawn. Get off my lawn, tax man. So. so speaking of the new Halloween, did you feel like it was a smart choice for them to ignore all the other like sequels and be like, look, this is just a direct sequel to the 1978 <clears throat> one. Forget all the other ones that ever happened. Yeah, I, I think that uh, I think in a second when they they did the worst idea by making him brothers. I think at that point you gave him a reason to be evil. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need a reason. Like you don't have to, but at the same time, Carpenter wrote that in because he, his original idea was shut down and he was pissed off me that it was shut down. So he kind of was like, well, I'm just going to do whatever I have to, to kill my own character. Mm-hmm. Cause he didn't want a second movie. Like he was pretty. And then the funny thing about it is that's why the second movie ends with, loomis and michael burning to death they're dead yeah he wanted them dead he didn't he never wanted them back he was very angry that he had to make the second one and he was going to kill those characters off like Lori doesn't matter you know the guy that's after her is dead her brother at that point in time is dead you know loomis is dead so that's done and he wanted it done but yeah i i never liked the I never liked the brother-sister plot just because of the fact that at that point in time, in the first one, you have no idea why he's doing what he did. You don't care why he's yeah. doing what he does. He's just doing it. And that's Michael. He's Loomis says, you know, he's pure and simply evil. evil. You know that. And that's all you need, you know? Like, I found, I saw this six-year-old boy with this blank, emotionless face and the devil's eyes. Yeah. I mean, the blackest eyes. The devil's, the devil's eyes. eyes. Like you don't need more than that, guys. You know he, you know he shows no emotions. He doesn't talk, and he's the devil. Basically, he is pure and simply evil. He is the boogeyman. He is the shape. You don't need. He doesn't need a sister. No. <laughs> he doesn't need a reason to do what he does. No. Like no, he no. just, he got out of an institution and just wanted to go kill people because that's what he does. Yeah, it's just like, oh, I'll visit the town where I go murdered, where I murdered my sister all those years <laughs> but, ago and uh, pick it back up where I left off. <laughs> my favorite line is out of H2O, and I know that that's no longer, can- no longer canon in these, but in H2O, she says, uh, she says uh, one night he just decides to go trick-or-treating. 
I like that. That would have been a much better storyline <laughs> than the brother-sister thing. Like, I wish they would have done that. Like, that's the whole point. Like, one night he just decided to go trick-or-treating. What night is that? Halloween. Yeah. You know, like, that would have been such a better storyline right there. Yeah, it is kind of, and it is, like, you talk about the care that killers take, like, in, like, doing things. It's just, like, think about it. It's, like, Michael Myers just decides to do his rampage on Halloween night. No one's going to really be paying much attention because everybody's in costume. I. It's so funny because there's just so much, like, there's so much in that movie that works so well. Like, to come in and do a second one. The second one, if it didn't have the brother-sister angle, God, that movie would be... F- I, I I actually almost like that movie better than the first one. It's it's so it's so freaky. Like, it's so scary. The kills in that movie are nuts. Like, uh, Dr. Mixter with the eye, like, needle, and then the girl gets the needle to the, to the, uh, to the side of her head. Uh, I mean, the one... The nurse... Uh, he, he legitimately, what is it, Mrs. Alves, I think is her name. He puts her on a hospital bed in a surgery room and just lets her bleed to death. He lets her bleed out. Like, the kills in that movie are crazy. It's just, you know, you had to do that. Yeah. So, and I kind of, I kind of like, I kind of like Dick Warlock better than I do uh, Nick Castle. I know, guys, shoot me. Like, but I, I do, like, I like... I like Dick Warlock better than uh, Castle. I just like his movement. Like he was more, he was stiffer. Don't get me wrong, but there's something about watching Dick Warlock go through that window in part two. <laughs> he just walks into it. He doesn't care. He's like, yeah, there's a glass window, whatever. <laughs> he just goes into it. Like that's so nice. Like it's such a nice little, and he doesn't even flinch. This is the other thing I like about it. He didn't flinch at all. So, but I like Dick Warlock. I I almost like two better than I do, I do one almost. I'm still a huge fan of one though. Um, so it's crazy. I'm telling you, it's nuts. And what did you think about Rob Zombie's take on Halloween, the first and second one? I watched that again during Halloween, on Halloween. Um, the made-for-TV movie is much better. Um if you cut out the first part of all the stuff with Michael and just go to where he escapes and Rob Zombie's movie, I'm an avid user of cuss words. Don't get me wrong, but I didn't like their extent. Like I didn't like there's in that movie. He says, I don't know. Like, and I'm just saying this for the sake of the movie. He says like fag, like 80 million times in the first 10 seconds of that movie. I think he's gay. He might be a fact. Why do you need that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Why is that important? Um, why is that even close to being an important piece of that? Like, <clears throat> I don't, I don't have a, I love cussing and don't get me wrong, but that's not a word that I use constantly in, in any kind of social like atmosphere, even if people are cussing. That's not, I don't know what zombie was trying to do with that. The second movie is atrocious. Yeah. The only, the only part I like about the second movie is the hospital. The rest of that, the white horse stuff, all that is just, is atrocious. I don't know what he was trying to do. with. That. I, I don't know what he was doing. I think him and was it Sherry? Is his wife Sherry yeah. was zombie? Yes. 
I think they were just, I think they were on Coke and were just like, this would be a really good idea. <laughs> like something, please tell me there was drugs in that because there has to be. Um, but the first one, the first one, if you, okay, if you get the TV version, you cut out the whole first part of Michael and he's abused and he's like a whiny kid and you go right to the part to where they're, they're moving him. Which, by the way, I don't know if you guys know this, the one cop that's in that is actually, uh, it's the lady off of uh, uh, Police Academy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I never, I never paid attention to that because I hated that movie so much. I paid attention to it on TV. Yeah, it's uh, what is her name? Um, it's the lady that has the amazing. It's blonde and has the amazing features. If you get what I'm saying, wink, wink, not judge. Um, that lady, I can't think of her. I can't think of her name. Um. I can't think of her name at all. Like it's at, it's gone. So uh, she's in that. But if you watch that movie again and you hate it, cut out that first part. Start whenever he. Uh, Joe Grizzly is amazing. I wish Joe Grizzly was in every movie. By the way, <laughs> I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch. Like I, I he should be in every. <laughs> Sorry, Brandy. All right. Why? Here I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Please explain this to me. What what is up with the cowboy cop in the new movie? I never really gave that much thought. Why? Why is he in there? He's an interesting character. What does he do? What does he do? I that's the that is weird that that's one thing I walked away from that movie going what the hell is he in this for? He's a cool guy. I like his one-liners. He would be a cool character. Maybe this next one? I don't know what he... He's the coolest guy ever. Like, why is he not... Why is he not more in that movie? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why he's not more in that movie. Like, I like that character. Like, I, if if there's any chance that this is ever seen by Danny McBride and him, if you guys don't have him in the next movie... Ah, I'm gonna cry. Oh. That guy was fantastic. But why? Why is he in it? I, what is, I know. I, I get that much thought. Actually, he's a detective. I get that. Like, but what else is he doing in that movie? He doesn't drive the storyline. He doesn't really do much. He's just kind of there to be like, oh yeah. Like, I like that character. <laughs> it breaks my heart, guys. And it was such a good character. I kind of hope though they don't make another movie because i felt like it just like it ended like at a perfect i'm not gonna spoil anything it ended perfectly <sighs> to where it's just like okay this the story's ended we don't need another one because if it's just almost i don't know that's a problem with me that the others um the ones that aren't canon anymore is that they really weren't sure really like what to do with michael like is he human is he supernatural <laughs> Like what is he? I I the bad thing about it is I already know they wrote they wrote two back to back, um and this movie's done so well so they'll probably they'll probably they'll probably do another one the mm. um I I like I know a lot of people hate this too if you go to bloody disgusting and you read their message board about the movie they're everybody's just very angry with it um. Uh, the really? part whenever he kills, well, no, 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 well, not the whole movie, just a certain part. 
the part whenever he kills the lady who is actually the homage to part two. Okay. Okay. Whenever he walks through the front room to go out the front door, he stops at the crib because the baby's crying. Yes. And he thinks about killing it for a second, and then he walks away. Everybody is angry that he didn't kill the baby. Yeah, because they said you gave him, they said they did the same thing as in part two, whenever they made him brother and sister, you gave him like a real characteristic. But the thing is, not necessarily, um, maybe Michael, Mike, you could still be pure evil and not be inhuman. Right. <laughs> like, that's the weird thing about that. Like, I didn't even question that. And he is supposed to be emotionless. I didn't question that. But at the same time, if you're biblical, even at some point in time, the worst like character in the Bible shows solace. So you can still be pure evil and still actually have, I mean, care for some, I mean, okay, Leatherface, that dude, that dude will hook you and cut you up and eat you. But he's never done that to his family. He's evil. That's, uh, Jason would never have killed his mother. Right. There's always that little bit of, there's always that little bit of a thing where, like, Michael walked past that crib, looked down at that kid and said, okay, this kid is not a harm to me. I don't care. Yeah. If you want to look at evil, unless the cops go to that house, which I hope they do, that baby's in that house hell. He's just murdered that lady. So if you want to take it, you can take it that way. So you can take it that way if you want to. But I'm telling you, like, there's no, like, that's not something that I even thought about. Like, I was kind of like, oh, you know what? That's kind of nice. Like, after all the time, after all that time, he still has that little bit of like, well, I still make my calls. You know what I'm saying? I can decide to kill this person if I want to or not. Like, that's kind of nice. He's still pure evil. It's just that, like, you know, he's he's out trick-or-treating and having fun. He's killing people. He's not going to waste his time. Like Silver just said, he's not going to waste his time with that baby, guys. He's going to go to the next house, which he does, and he's going to go crazy. Like, don't don't read into that. That doesn't make him, like, not evil. Right. It just makes him the fact that he doesn't give a shit about that baby. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, he doesn't care. That was something I read, honestly, on Bloody Disgusting. That's... Bloody Disgusting had a thing saying that that was one part of the movie that upset them. And I'm like, really? You have so much going on. Like, I, not a spoiler, because it's in the trailer. He turns some dude's head into a pumpkin. Yeah. The baby is the thing that threw you off? Seriously? Yeah, it's just... Turns, a, turns a dude's head into a pumpkin. When I saw that, I saw that um, part in the movie just about the baby, and I just looked at it as just like, you know, he has his type and his specific type that he goes yeah, to kill. And that it, he wants to kill. Yeah, and it's not, I don't think a baby is going to register on his radar. I, I, it doesn't, it's just not important. It's not an important kill. It's just, it's not, like, that's the thing. Like, it's not an important kill. Like, it's, it's just not something that needs to happen. Like, he he's been in jail for 40 years guys yes the last thing he's gonna give a shit about is a baby exactly that's why he didn't kill the kid in the house he doesn't care yeah he's out for something completely different like we don't understand that it's him so we're not supposed to get that like but he's out for something completely different he's trying to do something different yeah than what everybody wants him to do yeah he, so he's 
got his purpose. He's got, like, who he wants in mind. It's just, like, and if you're not registering on his radar, if you don't help his purpose, then... Yeah, not he's not going to go for you. Yes. I mean, he could have killed everybody in that town if he wanted to. Yeah. Technically. Yeah. I mean, he could have murdered everybody. Like, he could have murdered everybody that was outside the gas station if he wanted to. He just didn't. He chooses what he wants to do. Yeah. So... Exactly. Yeah, it does. It actually does. It makes him a better killer, Silver. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Oh, man. This is... I think, like, yeah, if I had to choose between um, Jason or Michael as far as killers, I'd probably go with Michael. I I would just because of the psychological side of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. Jason does the exact same thing he stalks, but he, he does it in a little bit of a different way. I still like the fact that it's his mom in the first one, and there's a lot of people that have no idea that that's, that happened. Like, I love that. Like, I've actually talked to people that like, yeah, Jason, you know, the guy that's in all, all those Friday 13th. I'm like, nah, nah, his mom was in the first one, guys. Like, like I I like that. I like the fact that he's a, a mama's boy. I love it. It works so well for that character, too. I do. And I even, I like the second one, too. I, oh, yeah. I I, <laughs> I love Sackhead Jason. Yeah, with the one, I do not like, like Sackhead Jason. But the, but the, with the one eye hole. Yeah, the one eye hole. Just like the the overalls and the plaid shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny that they were like, he's like, you know, I could put another eye hole, but what does it matter? Like it cracks me up. It's funny. Like I like Sackhead Jason. Sackhead Jason is fantastic. Yeah, so. uh, up to three, I think is just where just I like it because it felt to me like they were all connected in some way. And three, of course, is where he gets his hockey mask. <laughs> well, interestingly, whenever they came out with the game, that was a disappointment. Uh-huh. Um, I actually got to play with Larry Zerner, who is uh, Shelly. Oh, my I got God. To play, you yeah. I got to play with Shelly. I got to play with Shelly. I got to play with him on Xbox One. He bought an Xbox One just to play the game. Um, And I got to play some rounds with him. He's a really cool guy. He's a nice guy. Like, he's a really cool guy. So I got to actually play... I got to actually play uh, <laughs> Friday the 13th, the game with Shelly. So, awesome. Yeah, it was cool. It was nice to talk to him. And it, it was crazy to actually get to, it was whenever all the server stuff was going on too. Uh-huh. So I didn't think I was going to get to play with him. I was, I was very heartbroken, Aww. but it happened. And I got to play with, with Shelly, man. I got to play with the guy that gave Jason his mask. So oh, man. he murdered every one of us badly too, by the way. Just want to point that out. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, I'm kind of heartbroken that, that game is uh, has gone the way of just like bye bye pretty much. That's a good example of a company that just wanted money. Yeah, it's... um, it is. It the same thing with with game companies, guys. If they're out for money, like just trying to pull franchise money, they're not gonna get anywhere. It's sad. Um, they actually have control of layers of fear too, and I'm very layers. So. Of... Oh no. You remember layers? Of... Do you remember the first layers of fear? Like. Yeah. So poetic, and it's just the art. The artwork is fantastic, and it's it. it, it you don't have to be chased by something. It's just the eeriness of the whole like storyline. I hope they do it on the second one. Gun Media is in uh, is in control of that. I'm a little worried about it. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm trying. Not, I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm trying not to be a Debbie Downer. So. Well, but we'll see how it goes. Well, I mean, it's kind of appropriate to be a little bit of a Debbie Downer. It is. Case, considering, like, what, what happened with Friday the 13th. I didn't kickstart that game. I didn't. Kind of glad it didn't. I didn't either. I don't kickstart any game, really. 
Debbie. And it's not because I don't appreciate the work that goes into games. It's just the fact that I've heard too many stories about people donating and then, like, the game, like, it never happens. Well, I just did Hide or Die. It's not bad. It's not a bad little game. They're having server problems, which is normal. They're on a beta. So um, I, I backed Hide or Die. It is a really cool little game. If you guys play that game, by the way, I have a tombstone in it. So you can look for me. I have a tombstone. Your boy Gerg Gaming is on a tombstone. Um, I'm dead in the game. I have a tombstone. Uh, they did a on their Kickstarter. You can get a tombstone. I was like, sure, let's do that. I'll die in the game. It's fantastic. So there's a Kickstarter. There is a tombstone with my name on it. Um, I also got to uh, I got to try. Uh, uh, we'll go into the the game really. The game uh, Secret Neighbor. I got to try it. Have you ever played Hello Neighbor? Uh, no, I haven't. They have a multiplayer coming out with it where you have six kids and one of them is actually secretly the neighbor. Or is it five? It's five kids. And one of them is secretly the neighbor and you can turn into the neighbor and kidnap the kids, basically. And it's a really cool little... I just played the beta for it. It's a really cool little little beta. So nice. um, it comes out it comes out either the end of this month or beginning of next month. So it's actually a nice little game. So okay. that's another thing, guys. I'm full horror. Like, I'm weird. I do both sides. I do movies and games. So, that's what I enjoy. Okay. So, speaking of, let's go ahead and start winding down. Okay. With with the Q&A. And while um, people are thinking of questions that they might want to ask... Plug yourself. Talk about like what you do on Twitch. It's like um, when you stream, your social media. So just sell yourself. Guys, I am your boy, Gerd Gaming, everywhere. Uh, you'll find me on Twitter. Uh, Twitch, I do uh, Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, um, usually from 7 p.m. Eastern time until around 10 p.m. Eastern time. Um, I play mainly horror, but there's some times that I branch off and play other types of games. Uh we're playing this week, for example, we play Conan Exiles. Uh, we're doing Witchet, which is a nice little like prop hunt-esque game, which was made by fans of uh, Gary's Mod Prop Hunt, which is a really nice game. Uh, there's another game called Pummel Party, which is a PC game that is actually the Mario Party of PC games, um, basically. And it, it's it's really nice. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm I'm on YouTube, kind of. Like, I'm not a big fan of YouTube. Their 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 uh, copyright stuff really drives me nuts, yeah. and I just yeah I just can't stand it. Um, I I I am a my my group and the people that I know we are all about community. We are a, we are a community of people that will help each other with anything they need help with. Um, we are constantly backing each other. Um, that's what I wanted to do. Uh, thank. It's one thing I will say about Friday Thirteenth the game. It got me attached to a great community of people. Um, I actually started out basically, uh, there was a gentleman named, uh, Charmin X, Charmin X soft named after the toilet paper, <laughs> Charmin extra soft. Um, he, I saw that he was making F 13 videos and I loved him. So him and a gentleman named laughing went live laughing hyena and both of them. And some other guys told me that I should be a streamer because I had a, uh, I have a strip club DJ voice. <laughs> um, so I decided to do streaming. So. But you can find me on Twitch. Um, you can find me on Twitter, um, Facebook, uh, I, everywhere you can. Instagram, anything like that. Uh, Discord. We have Discord and stuff too. So uh, it's not hard to find me, honestly. So look me up. 
I love community. I love people. I love to run my mouth. So if you like that, I'm the person for you, honestly. <laughs> oh, nice. I can't believe that I haven't like heard of you before now, but I'm very glad that you reached out and decided to like be on this podcast. Anytime that you want me to do this, I would be grateful to do it. Like I, I love doing this. This is what I enjoy doing. So do you play any um, Dead by Daylight? I do actually uh, every Tuesday, every Tuesday, every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. We usually do dead, but I, <laughs> I played the hollow blight stuff and I got so fed up with it that I wanted to rip my tonsils out. That was uh, not the best event. They, they nerfed healing before that. Um, there is a thing called sloppy butcher, which has a mangled effect. So if you add those two things together, it adds like 30 seconds onto your healing. And I understand it's dead by daylight. I, see, I'm one of those guys that's very understanding. I play both killer and survivor. Um, right now with my terrible internet, I can only play survivor. <laughs> um, and I understand it's called dead by daylight. If, if the survivors were supposed to win all the time, it would just be called, it would be called survive by daylight. Yeah. Like I get that. But if you listen to people too much about everything that's wrong with your game and try to fix that, to go to one side, you're going to constantly be changing things. Yes. So what they need to do is they need to balance it and then quit and just add characters. I They have such good characters. Um, By the way, um, from what I've heard through the, you know, the top secret interwebs, we're actually going to be getting some killer uh, attire for the paid killers. So I'm going to say old man Myers from the new Halloween movie is probably going to be a thing soon. Nice. So, um, I don't know what else is going to happen, but I've heard that like all the killers that are paid. So like, well, the paid, like the licensed. So Freddie, uh, Leatherface, nice. Michael, uh, the pig killer. Um, all those are supposed to actually be at some, they're supposed to have some kind of different, like outfit or look or something like that. Okay. So. Okay. That was from the that's from the actual dev's mouth. So good, good. Yeah, yeah. They did like a good job with the balancing, like for a while. Now it's just like they're they listen too much to like either one side or the other. They're trying to like please everybody. It's just like guys, like just stand behind your product, balance it, and then just leave it alone. Like who cares? Like what whiny people are saying. <laughs> I think, I think the hollow blight was a really good idea. And I but I think they should have done it how they did the last one. Should have been, it should have been based with the generators. Um, the killers were based on hooks, and I understand the killers can't do much. But like, whenever you have four people that are in a in a game supposed to be about, like, where you're supposed to be about uh, working together as a team, but then you throw in these flowers that you have to get nectar from that makes you actually not be a team and waste right. your time. Like, that's the problem. So what should have happened is the flowers should have been connected to the generators. I agree. You get nectar while that's happening, and then it would have been a balanced kind of, you know, game. Right, because so, people automatically just going for the flowers. Like, uh, guys, uh, ge generators? Yes, there, that's important. That's a thing. <laughs> there was people that actually were going into games, getting the nectar, and then disconnecting because that's all they wanted. As long as you got your vial full, you if you disconnected, it didn't matter. Or they went and like made sure they got hooked so they were out of the game. Mm -hmm. 
like they'd kill themselves on hooks. So it's it was really weird. Oh, that's another thing, guys. On Steam, you could you gonna tell on Steam you can find me. Um, I do something interesting with my community. I let them on Twitter, I let them pick my name on Steam to change it. Um, it's actually really funny names from an episode of an MST MST3K. Um, so like my name this month is Punch Rock Groin or this okay. week. Okay. So it changes each time. So there are some ridiculous names. Hell a Blast hell. Hard Cheese was another one. <laughs> so I decided to let people like pick my Twitter name. So um, if you guys haven't seen Space Mutiny on MST3K or Rift Tracks, check it out. You'll understand why I said it uh, and what I'm doing. I, so there's one question in chat. Silver asks if you know of the Beast Inside. I'm guessing that's a game. I have not seen the Beast Inside. I I see that link. Hold on. I saw that and I opened it. And I have not know I, I everything is about like last year, the night nightmare last year game right now. Um is this from what I get from this, this kind of reminds me of the uh there's another game that's out right now that it reminds me of that I haven't played yet. That's terrible. It's coming out next year. Okay, I'll have to check it out. I'll check that out, honestly. If you have any other suggestions of games, like I, I love doing that stuff. Like I love new games. I have seen Infliction. I haven't seen God's Basement. I have seen Infliction. Um, Infliction actually looks like an it, it looks like a really cool game. Um, but I haven't played it yet. Two, I will recommend that I have played recently. I don't know if you're a fan of Lovecraftian style horror. Oh, I love Lovecraft. But Call of Cthulhu, the video game, it's based off the pen and paper RPG. That was gotcha. a good one. It supposedly has four different endings, so the replayability value there is actually pretty high. And then another one I would recommend is I interviewed actually the, the developer of this game on one of my earlier podcasts, uh, Damon 9, and if you like full motion video games, that's a good one. It's a short one. I finished it in about three hours, but it's on sale right now for like another two days. So it's like about Ooh, five, six okay. bucks. So I would definitely check that out. Damon 9, I'll check that out. I uh, I play, I used to play a lot of Lovecrafty and uh, tabletop games is what, uh, is what I used to do. So... <laughs> So I'm I'm an I'm a, I'm in the biggest form of the the word. I am a nerd. <laughs> I'm a geek. Like I am a geek. I play. I I try to dabble into everything that I. So if so. if the price of the Call of Cthulhu game kind of deters you, then I might wait until it goes on sale because I finished my first run through in about ten and a half hours. Really? Yes. Really? So, okay. So you have so to it's decide. So you have to kind of like decide. Okay, is forty-five bucks worth it right now? And if you feel gotcha. like it's not, then I would wait till it goes on sale. Yeah, I, that is one game that's been on my. Uh, that's that's one of my uh, things. Like that's one of my like I've kept an eye on games. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't know if you played this one, Phantom Halls. Have you played that game yet? No, I haven't. It's it's not a bad little game. It's a it the the controllers are a little wonky to get a hold of, but they have the cabin in the woods, um from Evil Dead Two, and they have Ash Williams as a playable character. Phantom Halls. Oh, Phantom right. Halls. So if you guys want to check that out, that's a cool little game. Um, there's also a game. Uh, uh, is it Emure, which is actually on Kickstarter right now, and I don't think it's gonna pass. But if you guys check out Emuro on the Kickstarter, I'm I actually kickstarted it. Like I, I like that game. It's 
It's got a really cool little like art style to it. It's kind of a Lovecraftian style game. Oh. Um, so if you guys want to check it out, it's on Kickstarter. Look up Amure. It's I M M U R E. That's funny. Silver said I'd also recommend keeping an eye on Amure. So he just mentioned that. There you go, baby. I I actually put money in on that man. I did. I did. Like I put money in on that game. I I tr- I. There. If it doesn't kickstart, they're not going to make it, which kills me because it looks so good. It looks like a fun game. Uh, but we'll see what happens. So I've been promoting it like crazy on Twitter, trying to get people to back it. So hopefully it passes. I hope somehow it passes. Aww. So I, that I, is, it is. Yeah, it does sound like, you know, a game that since you're psyched about, it might be something I'll check into as well. We'll see. It's it's a fun little game. Like, it looks like a fun little game. It looks like they've set it up to, they've set it up well. Um, And all the people that have made it are all a bunch of like Lovecraft, like, uh, f- like, story followers and like uh tabletop gamers and stuff so it should be good it should it should be good to the lore i'm excited we'll see what happens so see what happens okay i'm I'm gonna be a sad guy (laughs) we talked about a lot of stuff today and i kind of like i hope i get to interview you again for another podcast or hey since you're a fellow (laughs) dead by daylight fan we should probably do a co-stream together. Yeah, if you I, right now, since I'm in West Virginia, I can't. But if you if you would like me to join you anytime, like uh, I have Wednesdays and Sundays, I don't do anything. So if you do anything, let me know. Yeah. I'll join you. Like I can't stream. Um, oh. I actually have two wonderful people because the internet is so bad who actually stream for me right now, which is nice. Oh, so that's, that's the nice. that that's the community I was telling you about. So I have a gentleman uh, named Noel Skills from the UK. And another gentleman who lives in Ohio named Tuki, um, they actually, they stream for me. So um, I just play the game and our commentary because I can't stop talking. Oh, well, it's nice that you have those uh, people that will do that for you. Yeah, they, it's a, like I said, it's a good community. If you guys like community, some people that are, you know, are there to willing to help uh, um, and, you know, just community based. It's, it's what we do. Um, that's why my, that's why my fake group of uh, subscribers is called the Cult of Gerd. So, <laughs> We're the Brandy Bunch. <laughs> I love that, by the way. The Brandy Bunch. The Brandy Bunch. That was awesome. I like that. That was fantastic. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you're now a part of it as well. well. I I am I am I am honored to be a part of the Brandy Bunch. Like. I just want you to make the opening thing for like the Brady Bunch style. So, so you need to do that. <laughs> you as the different characters, like with the little like flip card things. That'd be so awesome. Tell you. <laughs> oh, man. Well, ah, uh, all good things must come to an end. And so, <laughs> and so is such with this episode of Terrific Talks. So, Gerg, once again. Thank you for taking time out of your evening with your crappy internet to come on here and talk John Carpenter and all sorts of horror with me. I really appreciate it. I'm I'm glad that my internet held up to do this. Like, yeah. honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. Whenever you're like video, I was like, oh. Please. So it was <laughs> silver, man. It was fun. I, I love chatting with you, man. Thank you for, thank you for rocking in the chat and wing. Like, I agree. I, I appreciate it, man. Uh, Hostile was in here earlier. He's a guy that always is channel crazy with me, and I play games with him. So, like, I appreciate you guys coming in and uh, being excited about horror with us, which is 
a really hard thing to find sometimes. Yeah. Um, but whenever you do find it, it's fantastic. Yes. So, this is why. I'm and so like I said, glad. anytime, anytime, just hit me up early. Like, give me a couple weeks. I'll I'll join you anytime you want me to. Awesome, awesome. And well, thank once again, thank you, and uh, take care. And I know I'll definitely be talking to you again. Guys, uh, I always say this to everybody in my channel and my chat and stuff whenever I leave. So I love your faces. Um, keep rocking the horror, good or bad, terrible movies, great movies. Rock that horror, baby. <laughs> Bye. Have a good evening. Bye, guys. Bye. Aw. <laughs> fun i've loved like every every person that i have interviewed on the, my podcast it's been so awesome well something happened something happened i don't know what but something happened all right oh man guys it has been an awesome podcast today once again thank you to gerg for coming on today and talking with me about John Carpenter and horror and Halloween. I know I'll definitely be talking with him again, whether it's on another podcast or whether it's playing games together. I am definitely going to be hitting him up. Oh my gosh, he's awesome. So in around about probably around eight, nine o'clock, I'll keep you guys posted is when we will do multiplayer Monday. I don't quite know what um, we'll play yet, but we shall see. We shall see. Someone followed. I'm not quite sure who, though. I'm not quite. So thank you to Hostile Robin and Bassett Bat Snake for the follows. And thank you to whoever was the mystery follow. I don't know who the mystery follow was, but we'll figure out here before too long. So I will see you guys in a few hours, around about 8 or 9. I will keep you posted. So take care all. And toodaloo until a few hours. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Terrific Talk podcast. Any feedback that you have for me, please reach out to me on Twitter at Brandykins1982 or at Terrific Talk. This will be a weekly podcast, so I will see you all next week. Ta-ta!